Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Hello, my dear brothers and sisters. We continue with our study of the Gospel of John. And in this session, I would like to continue with John chapter 19, verses 17 to 30. So if you will have your Bible with you, I would like you to turn to John, Yohanan chapter 19. And we are reading as we continuing on. In the study of the Gospel of John, we will read the portion of the crucifixion of our Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. Here we learn one of the most touching portions of the Word of God, where we see the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 53, where God said through the prophet Isaiah to the people of Israel concerning the coming of the Redeemer, the Messiah who would come, where we find the portion in Isaiah 53 where we read that He has put Him to grief. Isaiah wrote it this way in Isaiah 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, but the Lord laid upon him the iniquities of us all. Amazing to see that Isaiah's prophetic message had been fulfilled in the person of the Lord Jesus the Messiah. The psalmist as well, in Psalm 22, David prophetically speaking of the Messiah who would come. And David said in Psalm 22, and verse 16, at the end of the verse, they pierced my hands and my feet. It is fascinating to see how, to the letter, the prophetic word had been fulfilled in the person of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. And so in Isaiah, as the prophet prophesied of the future day, and through the psalmist as David prophesied of the future day, here when we arrive to the Gospel of John in chapter 19, here we see how all that which was spoken of in days of old came to fruition in the death of the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. And so we read in John 19, verse 17, And he, this is Jesus, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgatha or Gulgolit, where they crucified him and two other with him on either side one and Jesus in the midst. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Yeshua Minatzeret, 
Melech HaYehudim. This title, when read many of the Jews for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city and it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Then said the chief priests of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Yeshua, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier a part and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. They said therefore among themselves, Let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, They parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture, they did cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Now there stood by the cross of Yeshua his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Caliphas, and Mary Magdalene. When Yeshua therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, Behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, and that the scripture might be fulfilled, says, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled the sponge with vinegar, and put it upon hyssop, and put it to his mouth. When Yeshua therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head, and gave up the ghost, gave up the spirit. Well, my dear brothers and sisters, this passage in John chapter 19 tells us of the sad and yet a blessed reality where the Messiah, Jesus himself, was crucified by hands of men who rejected him, who despised him, who wanted to put him away. On the other hand, we learn that in the plan and the, and the program of God, God had planned it to be so, that ultimately when the Messiah Jesus will come, He will fulfill the plan of God in order to provide redemption for mankind. We read in Acts chapter 2 and verse 22 and 23, Ye men of Israel, hear these words, Yeshua from Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, 
as ye yourself also know. Him, listen to this, beloved brothers and sisters, Acts chapter 2, verse 23. Him being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up. Amazing to see how God in his wisdom had planned this to happen, that he, with his determinate counsel, would send the Messiah to come, and yet at the same time, men by wicked hand have placed him on the shameful Roman cross. In fact, later on in the same book of Acts, in chapter 4, the early Hebrew believers in the city of Jerusalem were praying. And they were praying, calling on God after the resurrection of the Messiah, who was placed on a Roman cross and was judged by a holy God. They prayed to the Lord, to the God and Father, and saying to him in verse 27 of Acts chapter 4, For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together, listen to this verse 28 now, for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determine before to be done. Amazing! Both beloved brothers and sisters, in both chapters, in Acts chapter 2, verses 22 and 23, and in Acts chapter 4, verses 27 and 28, we learn that the death of the Messiah was predetermined by God. God's counsel determined before to be done. And at the same time we learn, as we arrive to John chapter 19, verse 17 to 30, men by wicked hand have placed him on that shameful cross and cause him to be put to death. This is a touching moment as we study this because here we learn of the amazing truth that a sinless man, God the Son as man, placed upon a cross, judged by men, but yet judged by God at these three hours of darkness, where God laid upon him the iniquities of us all. On the one hand, we see the sovereignty of God. On the other hand, we see the responsibility of man. On the one hand, we see the love of God. On the other hand, we see the hatred of man. On the one hand, we see that God is extending his grace toward humanity. On the other hand, we see humanity rejecting God. And that happened at the cross. That happened that time where Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, was placed there on the cross. Now notice this, as we are looking at these verses, in verses 17 and 18, we see the crucifixion itself. In our previous lesson, 
on John chapter 19, verses 1 to 16, we read that Pilate was mocking Jesus, was mocking our Jewish people by saying, Shall I crucify your king? Mocking at the person of the Lord, mocking at the Jewish people. And here we find out that they did say, the spiritual leader said, Crucify him, crucify him. And then we learn that Pilate in verse 16, Then deliver he him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And so the next verses, 17 and 18, you can just imagine. As the Lord was walking, as it says in verse 17, He, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Gulgolet or Golgotha, known as the Lord himself. Imagine Yeshua the Messiah bearing his cross. He was carrying the very same tree upon which tree he will be laid and ultimately crucified. To remind you, it is indeed in fulfillment of Genesis chapter 22 where Abraham the father and Isaac the son were walking together towards Mount Moriah. And there we learn that Isaac himself was carrying that wood upon which wood he will be laid there on the mount. We read in Genesis 22, and Abraham rose early in the morning. Genesis 22, 3. And he settled his ass, and he took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and claved the wood for a burnt offering, and rose up and went into the place which God told him of. And you remember what we read in that passage in verse 6, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. This is Genesis 22 and verse 6. Imagine, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friend, just as Yitzchak, Isaac, was carrying the wood upon which wood he will be placed there at the Akedah, at the binding of Isaac. Here we see the fulfillment. God the Father have allowed His Son, the Messiah, as man, to carry the cross, upon which cross He will be laid and hung there between heaven and earth. Imagine Isaac, God have spared, but Yeshua, Jesus, God did not spare because He must pay for the sin of this world. And therefore we read in verse 17, bearing his cross. Bearing his cross, he went forth into a place that is called the place of a skull, which is in the Hebrew called Gulgolit. Where there, notice this, beloved brothers and sisters, a very one verse that tells us volume. In verse 18, they crucified him. Where they crucified him. Just think about this for a moment. 
What does that mean, to be crucified? That means that nails had to be placed there upon his feet, upon his hands, and there he will be pierced. And there, beloved brothers and sisters, he will be lifted up and hanged. That shameful Roman cross, we have a description of this in the other gospel that is far more with details, but here it just simply says in verse 18, they crucified him. They put the nails through his hands and feet as we have read this in Isaiah chapter 53. Amazing to think of the crucifixion. We learn from this that it He was not stoned as the Jewish people would usually stone when a person is guilty. But here we learn that he was crucified in accordance to the Roman way of execution. An innocent man, a holy man, without any sin, he is now being crucified on that shameful cross. We read in the verses that we read often in Isaiah chapter 53, we read of this expression such that the Lord laid upon him the iniquities of us all. We read verses that tell us that he was crucified, as we have also mentioned in Psalm 22 and verse 16, they pierce my hands and my feet. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, just to imagine of the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus the Messiah. The place was called Golgolet, Golgotha, the place of a skull. Now that place, the place of a skull, is there by the city of Jerusalem. Today is part of the city of Jerusalem, Golgotha. And in this place, in days of old, were Many skulls, many of the people who remained there and died there, many skulls were placed there. Some even see that the the shape of the hill was the shape of a skull. But the name was given to it because there were many skulls remaining there in that place. And he went to that place carrying his cross, and there they crucified him. You notice, beloved Brothers and sisters, that we read on that cross, there were two others that were crucified with him. In the very same verse, verse 18, we read that two others with him, and on either side, one but Yeshua, Jesus, in the midst. And so the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, was the center cross, Two robbers on the right hand and on the left hand. He was lifted up between heaven and earth. And there he was for these hours, the six hours that he was on the cross. Just imagine, my dear brothers and sisters, what a sight to see. What a sight to see that the cross, the shame that is involved in being on that cross, the pain that is involved, being hung there, held by nails that pierce through your hands and your feet, and there he was hanging, while on the two sides of him there were two other individuals. 
Interesting to notice that Jesus was in the midst. The scripture oftentimes tells us of the necessity that in every situation in human history, this person by the name of Yeshua is the center. He is in the midst of every situation in human history. To remind you that when he was gathering his disciples, He promised to them that where two or three are gathered together unto his name, he said unto my name, there am I in the midst of them. Here the Lord Jesus the Messiah was right in the midst. But notice this, he was in the midst of two malefactors, two robbers. Interesting, once again, if I will refer you to Isaiah, once again to chapter 53 again, It does say in verse 12 these words. Let me read you what it says in verse 12. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Why? Because he has poured out his soul unto death. Notice this. He was numbered with the transgressors. He was numbered with the transgressors. Well, notice this, John chapter 19 and verse 18, we read that two other malefactors, two others were in the midst of, on either side one and Jesus in the midst. Imagine, he was numbered among the transgressors. He was not guilty. He was not a robber. He was not a transgressor, but he bore upon the tree, upon the cross, the transgression of us all. And he was situated there in between two malefactors. In fact, beloved brothers and sisters, these two malefactors, of whom we read not much here in the Gospel of John in chapter 19, but these two malefactors themselves had to make a decision concerning the knowledge of who this person is. In fact, the one of them, we read in Luke chapter 23 and verse 39, that one of the malefactors which were hanged with him, he railed at him and he said, If thou be the Christ, if thou be the Messiah, save thyself and us. You see, one of them, have turned against him. In fact, as we read it in the Gospel of Matthew, both of them were raining at him. According to the Gospel of Matthew, here in Luke, one of them we read rail at him, and the other have turned and turned towards Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, realizing it seems to be as the Holy Spirit of God convicted him at that moment to realize that Yeshua, the Jesus, is indeed Lord. We read in verse 40 of Luke chapter 23, the other answering rebuked him, and he said to the other malefactor, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, in other words, we are guilty. We are being crucified because we are guilty. We are malefactors. For we receive the due reward of our deeds. 
But this man has done nothing amiss. In other words, beloved brothers and sisters, one of these malefactors was gloriously convicted by the Spirit of God in these last hours of his life here upon the face of this earth. We read in the next verse of Luke chapter 23 and verse 42, And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into the kingdom. And Yeshua said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, listen to the words of the Lord. On the cross, according to Luke chapter 23, when someone turned to him, the promise that he gives him, today you will be with me in paradise. But one must turn to him. This other malefactor said to the Lord Yeshua, Lord, notice he called him Adon, Lord, Master. Remember me when thou comest into the kingdom, realizing, convicted by the Holy Spirit of God, that the person that is next to him on the cross is an innocent, sinless man, the Son of God. And he believed on him and trusted that he will be the one that will remember him when he comes into the kingdom. And how wonderful to know that even at the last hours, of Yeshua the Messiah, who was six hours on the cross, three hours suffering by the hand of men, and the second three hours when the sun refused to shine and God laid upon him the iniquities of us all. Here we find him in these last hours of his life, giving an assurance to a, a sinner, a malefactor, who turned to him by saying to him, Today, shall thou be with me in paradise. And so, this very touching a portion of Scripture, beloved brothers and sisters, they crucified him. And there we read that two other were with him on either side one, and Jesus in the midst, right in the center. He is the center, whether it was on the cross, or whether it was in his life before his death, he is always the center. He is always the center. And even today, beloved brothers and sisters, he is there in glory in the center. He is upon the throne of God, throne in glory, and he is in the midst. We read in Revelation chapter 5, we read that John heard one of the elders says unto him, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, had prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, John said, and in the midst of the throne, Yeshua is in the midst of the throne, and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been freshly Slain, having, having a reference to the shameful cross when Yeshua paid for the sin of this world. How wonderful to know that today that we belong to the one that was crucified, that died as a substitute on a shameful cross. And remember this, beloved brothers and sisters, 
That is exactly what the God of Israel promised our people of Israel from generation to generation, that in the fullness of the time He will send the Mashiach, the Messiah, who will come to be the Redeemer. Every time an Israeli individual took a lamb or a ram or a goat or a calf and laid his hand upon him, confessing his sin. That lamb was killed, its blood was shed and placed upon the altar. And that lamb always spoke about the coming Mashiach. Lambs and rams and goats and calves all pointed. Every sacrifice, whether it is the burnt offering, or the meal offering, or the peace offering, or the sin offering, or that every trespasses offering, every sacrifice pointed to the coming Redeemer, because the blood of bulls and goats could never take away sin. They can only atone and cover sins temporarily. Finally the Messiah came, and He became the Lamb of God that would take away the sin of this world. And so you notice that as we are led now to the final hours of Yeshua, the Messiah on the cross, we read now in verse 19 to verse 22 that Pilate placed an inscription upon the cross to give to put a sign there for everyone to see. But he placed it there in mockery to mock Yeshua Jesus, the Messiah, to mock the Jewish people who didn't acknowledge that He was their Messiah. And so we read in verse 19 that it says here, the Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and in the writing of it was Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Yeshua HaMashiach Melech Ha Yehudim. It is interesting that he put that sign again in order to add to the uh, sufferings of the Messiah. Indeed, he is the king of the Jews. But Pilate mocking the Jewish people and mocking the Lord Jesus by placing him there and putting a sign. Here, look, the one that is hanging on a cross. The one that is bleeding there. The one that is crucified. Here is your king. Here is the king of the Jews. Not realizing blindly, willful blindness. Not realizing that he will have to stand before that king of the Jews one day. At the great white throne judgment where all the ones that rejected the Messiah will have to stand before the very same king of the Jews. The wise men need to trust in him and acknowledge him as the king of the Jews and the king of kings. The wise men from the east who came at the birth of the Messiah and they came to the city of Yerushalayim, and they ask, where is he that was born the king of the Jews? Matthew 2 and verse 2. For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Wise men worship him. Wise men recognizing that truly he is the king of the Jews. But foolish men reject him. And here is a man who was a fool, 
who rejected the Messiah and mocking him, putting on the cross a title and writing this mocking title, Yeshua Minatzeret, Melech HaYehudim, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. What a shame, what a shame that Pilate would do such a thing. Well, notice that we read in verses 20 and on, many of the Jewish people read the title. And you notice it says in the title, then read many of the Jews for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city. And it was written in Hebrew and in Greek and in Latin. Now you notice this, beloved friend, that oftentimes, mistakenly, people say that he was crucified on the hill far away. But you notice, the Lord was not crucified. He was not placed on a Roman cross somewhere far away on a high mountain. It does tell us that everyone who passed by, right there by the city of Yerushalayim, they could clearly read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. It was clearly easy to be read in Hebrew, the Hebrew language, the Hebrew language of the Jewish people, the people of Israel. The Greek was the Greek language of the world then that was influenced with the Greek culture and Greek language. And of course, Latin, which is the religious language as well. So the Three languages, Hebrew, Greek, and Latin, are the languages that were used when Pilate placed this sign, this title, uh, upon the cross. And so you notice that people were passing by. They could very easily see the three crosses right by the side of the road. And the Romans usually placed the crosses very nigh to the road in order to show people the consequence of violating the law of the land so people will fear and therefore you notice that it was nigh to the city and it was written in the three uh, languages Hebrew, Greek and Latin. In verse 21 the chief priest requested from Pilate not to write the king of the Jews. We read Then said the chief priest of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Well, beloved brothers and sisters, sadly, the leaders did not want that sign to be there, the king of the Jews, but that he said the king of the Jews, but you notice that what Pilate said to them, what I have written, I have written. And he, in a sense, not knowing, he was presenting truly the king of the Jews. While he meant it in mockery, while he meant it in adding affliction to the assured Jesus the Messiah, in reality, he pronounced the truth that Yeshua is indeed the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is indeed the King of the Jews. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, what a sight. This is one of the most touching sights in every 
time we read this passage, it moves our hearts to realize that the Lord Jesus, the Lord Yeshua, was hanging there upon a cross between malefactors and between heaven and earth for no sin that he have committed. He was laid there upon the tree because of your sins and mine. He will now become the one that will take upon himself the sin of this world. Well, to add to this mockery of Pilate, in the next verses, verses 23 and verse 24, we learn of the behavior of the Roman soldiers. Look at the behavior as the Romans, they were treating him also in mockery. We read in verse 23, Then the soldiers, when they had crucified him, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier part, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top to the bottom. They said, therefore, among themselves, Let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be. And notice how they were fulfilling what the scripture, the Hebrew scripture, was speaking concerning what they will do to the Messiah. Notice what it says in this verse 24, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which says, They parted my raiment among them, for my vesture they did cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers said. You can just imagine, in his last hours of the life of this holy man, the Messiah, the innocent man, the sinless man, the soldiers mocked him, laughed at him. Not only that they beat him earlier, not only that they nailed him to a cross, not only that they placed upon him a crown of thorn, now they even gamble over his clothes, his raiment. And so sadly we read here in this 19th chapter that they took his garments and made four parts of it. Every soldier received a part of his garment. And then they took his outer coat, the coat that was without seam, and then they said among themselves, Let us not rent it, but cast lot for it, whose it shall be. And therefore they were fulfilling what the psalmist David says in Psalm chapter 22. You remember we read in verse 16, For dogs have compassed me, and the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hand and my feet. I may tell all my bones, they took and stare upon him, they look and stare upon me, they part my garments among them, and cast lots upon my vesture. That is what the prophet David, the psalmist of Israel, said when he was in his lifetime, Speaking, of course, of his own personal experience, but at the same time prophetically going beyond his experience. 
looking forward to the Mashiach himself, when David said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? You see, while David felt that God forsake him, no man can ever claim that God forsake him, even though David, in a time of his trouble, God never forsook any man upon the face of this earth. In fact, the only one he forsook is the sinless one, is the Messiah Yeshua Jesus himself. All of us human beings, sinners by nature, can never tell God that he forsook us, even though at times we feel so because of certain situation in our life. But God never forsook any human being. Any sinner could never say that God had forsook him. And yet we find out that there is one who is the sinless one. And that's the one that cried on a cross. Matthew chapter 27. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And you see, while we don't read it in the Gospel of John, we read it in the Gospel of Matthew. The Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, on the cross there in the Gospel of Matthew, we read of that which he cried while he was on the cross, which prophetically David wrote in Psalm 22. But here, beloved brothers and sisters, the Apostle Yohanan John emphasizes another aspect of the work of the Lord on the cross. And here we see that the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, is the one that fulfilled this work of salvation on the cross. And here we see that the scripture might be fulfilled, which says, They parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture they did cast lot. These things therefore the soldiers did. So, scripture upon scripture, prophetic word upon prophetic word were fulfilled as Yeshua, the Messiah, was here on earth from the time that he was born until now the time of his death. The scripture is fulfilled. The Messiah would come. The Messiah will pay for the sin of this world. And so the soldiers, they were dividing the garments, the, the outer coat, they simply, therefore they, they did not rent it, but they cast lots upon it, whose it will be fulfilling the word of God. What a sight to see, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends. And notice now, as we read from verse 25 to verse 30, we see how the Lord cared for his mother and for his disciples, and how the Lord finished the work of redemption, the victory shout that we see here on the cross in John chapter 19. Notice how Yeshua cared for his own mother and he is entrusting her into the disciple whom Jesus loved. We read now in verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, 
and his mother's sister, and Mary, the wife of Clophas, and Mary Magdalene. These are four women that were standing there, stood by the cross. Imagine how interesting it is that the women who loved him, these Jewish women in the land of Israel who loved him, his own mother Miriam, her own sister, and then another Miriam, the wife of Clophas, and then another Miriam, Mary, Miriam Magdalene, from Magdala, that he healed. These women loved Yeshua, loved the Lord. His mother Miriam loved him, and she knew very well what would happen to him because in the limited understanding that she has, we read that the angel told her what will happen, that ultimately she will end up to realize that he will have to become the one that will bear the sin of the world. We read in Luke chapter 2 and verse 35, A sword shall pierce through thine own soul, the angel said, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. You see, beloved brothers and sisters, there in the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 2, the man by the name of Simon said this to her, and he said to her when he held Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, in his hand, he said in Luke chapter 2 that we read in Simon blessed them and said unto Miriam his mother, Behold, this child is sent for the fall and the rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. In other words, Simon, Shimon was telling Miriam that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, whether they will believe or not, whether they will recognize that he is indeed the promised one, whether they will realize that he is the the one that will pay for the sin of this world. This child Jesus is set by God for the fall and rising again of many in Israel and many in the world in which we live in today. Eternity is dependent upon one's decision concerning the person of Jesus the Messiah. When one accepts him, And recognizing that Yeshua is indeed the promised Messiah who came to die, to shed his blood, to provide redemption, when one believes on him, he or she will have everlasting life. When another who rejects that Yeshua is indeed the Messiah, and by rejecting him they do not have forgiveness of sins, and therefore they will spend eternity separated from God. This child, Yeshua, This man, Jesus the Messiah, is set by God for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, but not only in Israel, many in the world in which we live in today. Rejectors will fall. Believers will rise. Rejectors of Jesus the Messiah will fall and ultimately be sent into eternal separation from God. Those that will rise up by faith 
and will trust in Him will rise and will have eternity to be with Him. Forgiveness of sins and assurance of eternal hope. And He become a sign that will be spoken against. A sword shall pierce through thine own soul, Simon said to Miriam, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. My dear friend, I don't know where you are finding yourself today. If you have trusted in the Lord Jesus, what a blessing it is. If you do not know Him as your Lord and Savior, realize this today, that He is the one that came to take upon Himself the sin of this world. And so His mother Miriam and her own sister and another Miriam, the wife of Clophas, And another Miriam of Magdalene, they were there by the cross beside the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, very close to him. But you know also who was there? We read in verse 26 of John 19, when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved. That disciple is none else but Yohanan, John. This disciple, Yohanan, is the one that by divine inspiration have written this Gospel of John. The Gospel which we are studying now. He never mentioned his name in his own Gospel. But he always called himself the disciple whom Yeshua loved. He does not even say, I am the disciple who loved Jesus. But no, he knew his own heart. He knew that his love often was shallow, like yours and and mine. But he did know that Yeshua loved him and loved you and me even unto death, my dear friend. And so notice the Lord, imagine on the cross, hanging there, pierced in his hands and feet and side hanging there on the cross between heaven and earth. All the people around him mocking him. Pilate have the sign, this is Yeshua, Melech HaYudim, the king of the Jews, in mockery. The soldiers dividing his garments, casting lots upon his outer coat. The spiritual leaders saying, crucify, crucify. The passers-by rail at him. Even the malefactors initially, both of them rail at him. And we read in Luke chapter 23 that one of them said, If you are the Messiah, save yourself and us. And at the same time, beloved brothers and sisters, our blessed Messiah, Jesus, cared for his own mother, Miriam. And what we read, We read in verse 26, Jesus therefore saw his mother, and then he saw the disciple standing by, whom he loved. You notice what he says? He says to uh, unto his mother woman, it's a reverential word, he's saying, lady, woman, respecting and honoring his mother, look, here is your son, pointing to Yohanan, John. And then in verse 27, he say unto disciple, 
This is Yohanan, John, whom he loved. He said to him, Look, here is your mother. You notice this, beloved brothers and sisters, the Lord, even at the last moment of his life, Yeshua cared for his mother. He knew very well that she felt that sword that is pierced through her own soul also, these moments as he is there on the tree. He knew very well the pain that a mother is experiencing. And Miriam indeed experienced this pain, seeing her very own son, whom she brought into this world, hanging there upon that Roman cross. Imagine the pain that Miriam had experienced in her own heart. She loved her son, the Messiah Yeshua Jesus, and yet she, with the measure of light that she received by the Spirit of God through the angel, and through, of course, Joseph in the temple in Yerushalayim, and through the years, the 33 and a half years of Yeshua being part of that family, she knew very well that he, he is the one that was sent by God to become the Redeemer, the Deliverer, the Savior. And to remind you, my dear friend, at the song that she sang, Miriam, his mother, Yeshua's mother, in Luke 1, verse 46, And Miriam said, My soul does magnify the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. She recognized that she needed a Savior, and that Yeshua ultimately became her Savior, even though he was the one that came as the seed of the woman, the one that was come from her own body. God had placed the seed in her womb, and she gave birth. She was the virgin that conceived and bare a son, and called his name Emmanuel, God with us. We read of that song, this beautiful song, in Luke 1 and verse 48, as we continue, after she said, My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty has done to me great things, and holy is his name. For his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel, in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. And Miriam, we read here that she remained there with Elizabeth there in the hills of Judea, singing when she discovered, when she knew that she was pregnant with the baby that will be born Amazing to see, and now, beloved brothers and sisters, now Yeshua is giving the responsibility to John to care 
for his own mother. Imagine, this is happening in the last moments of Yeshua there on the cross. Soon the darkness will come upon the land. Soon, in the second three hours, God will lay upon the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, the iniquity of us all. Soon, in the second of the six hours, a holy God will lay the sin of this world upon this holy man, sinless man. And so we read in these next verses, from here on, we read that John, from that hour, verse 27, the disciple took her unto his own home. John, Yohanan, took the responsibility from here on, from that hour, to care for Miriam, the mother of Jesus, the Messiah. And so in the last portion for this ministry today, in verses 28, 29, and 30, we read that the proclamation of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah on the cross. We don't read what we read in other passages in Matthew and Mark and Luke. But here, beloved brothers and sisters, in verse 28, 29, and 30, we find out the culmination when the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, finally gave up the Spirit and fulfilled the work of redemption. Finished completely this great work of redemption where he died there on the cross, giving up the Spirit. Notice what we read in these verses. Verse 28, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished, everything from his birth till his last hour on the cross. He fulfilled all that which was predicted by the Hebrew Scriptures. All things were now accomplished. And that the scripture might be fulfilled, he said, I thirst. And that's again his quotation from Psalm 22 and from Psalm 69. When a Messiah in Psalm 22 and verse 15, we read, My strength is dried up like a, a potsherd, and my tongue cleaves to my jaws. And thou hast brought me into the dust of death, Yeshua said. And in Psalm 69, my dear brothers and sisters, we also read in verse 21, we read these words, They gave me also gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Notice this, every passage, every prophetic word was fulfilled in the person of Jesus the Messiah. And so, Psalm 69, verse 21, Psalm 22, verse 15, was fulfilled. He said, I am thirsty. I thirst. And no, notice what we read in verse 29. The soldiers took sponge with vinegar and gave it to the Lord, to, to Yeshua. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar. And they filled the sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. And you notice the soldiers have done so and they brought it to put it before his mouth. And then we read, beloved brothers and sisters, in verse 30, this final cry on the cross 
where the Lord Jesus the Messiah cried his cry. We read, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the spirit. This expression, it is finished, in verse 30, the Hebrew word is the word nishlam, nishlam. In other words, it's all have been completed. What have been completed? What finished? Well, the work of redemption had been completed. Man could never pay for the sin of his own and any others. But here come the Messiah himself and completely satisfying a holy and a righteous God. Notice what we read in Romans chapter 10 when the Apostle John wrote to the Romans believers. And he said to them in Romans 10 and verse 4, For the Messiah is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believe. The word there in Greek at the end is telos. For the Messiah is the goal, the goal of the law for righteousness to everyone that believe. What was the goal? What was the aim? What was the desire of God in giving to Israel the Torah, the law? Every word in the Torah, every sacrifice, every feast, every Shabbat, every food they ate, everything pointed to the coming Messiah. Messiah, Christ, Christos, is the telos, is the goal, is the end, is the termination of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. You see, beloved brothers and sisters, the Torah, the law was given to our forefathers to point us to the Mashiach. It was given to Israel not in order to save Israel, but in order to point Israel and to point the whole world to the Messiah, to the Anointed One, who here in John 19 and verse 30 said, It is finished. It is finished. Nigmar, nishlam, it is completed. God had been satisfied. And you notice what we read, He bowed His head, and he gave up the spirit. Notice, beloved brothers and sisters, even though men have crucified him, even though men have put nails through his hands and his feet, even though men pierced his side, but eventually Yeshua himself gave up the spirit. He was the one who decided when the time to give up the Spirit. The first three hours of Him being on the cross, He suffered by the hand of man. The second three hours when Yeshua Jesus was on the cross, He suffered by the hand of a holy God. There was darkness upon the face of this earth. And no one can look at all and what's going on there because God laid upon the, this holy man the iniquity of us all as we read in the Gospels. It says, now when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. 
And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama shvaktani, that is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Yeshua, at the ninth hour, after he finished the six hours on the cross, God ultimately had forsaken this holy man. That's why he said, Eli, Eli, in Hebrew, my God, my God, Lama, why? Shvaktani, why are you forsaking me? And then we read, in John 19 and verse 30, Yeshua cried, after he paid. Beloved brothers and sisters, realize this. He finally paid for the sin of this world. He finally satisfied a holy and a righteous God. He finally met the need in order for a sinner to be forgiven. He finally satisfied the righteous indignation of a holy and a righteous God. Here in this cry, tell us that he had finished the work of redemption. You remember that is the reason that he came to this world. The purpose of his coming to this world is in order to finish the work of redemption. John 4, 34 we read, my food is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Notice this, it is finished. It is finished. In John 17 and verse 4 we read, I have finished the work which thou hast given me to do. It is finished. Nishlam, nigmar. It is finished. It is completed. God is satisfied. The Messiah finished the work of redemption. Wonderful. And notice, he gave up the Spirit. He was the one who laid down his life. To remind you that in John chapter 10 and verse 17 we read, Therefore does my Father love me, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. He will rise again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. We cannot fathom that. You see, beloved friend, you and I receive life from God. We cannot give up the Spirit ourselves. It is all in the hand of God. But here is that holy man. God the Son who became a man by the name of Emmanuel, Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. He cried, it is finished, when he finished the work of redemption, when God was now satisfied with respect to sin. Now he could give up the Spirit and die. And the Lord Jesus the Messiah indeed died. He was buried. And he will rise again according to the scriptures. And as we will look at the remaining portion in our next ministry meeting, we will see that from verse 31 on, that how the soldiers confirmed his death, and ultimately they buried him, the disciples buried him. And how wonderful that ultimately on the third day he rose. Praise God! Praise God! That the Messiah has come and finished the work of redemption. And if you would believe on Him, any who would believe on Him will never perish, but have everlasting life. Why? Because Jesus 
finished the work of redemption. He paid for the sin of yours and mine and of the sin of the whole world. May God bless His word and encourage our hearts as we continue together with the study of the Gospel of John. Well, until the next time, God bless you, my dear brothers and sisters and dear friends. So I say unto you, Shalom, Shalom. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.